Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Today's Feast of the Holy Name of Jesus is really a continuation of this past Wednesday's Feast of the Circumcision. And as we heard in our very brief gospel lesson this morning, Jesus was named in that same ceremony, in that same day of his circumcision, according to Jewish custom. So why do we have this extra feast day a few days later? Well, we couldn't give ample attention to such a momentous event as God receiving a human name on the Feast of the Circumcision, because we were busy focusing on the circumcision, and so we just needed another day. (laughs) We needed another day. Uh, So today, think of today as uh, circumcision part two. Um, Jesus, Jesus. This is not an uncommon name in the time of the New Testament, and most of us may know that Jesus is a derivative of the Hebrew name Yeshua, which in English is Joshua. But even in Jesus' day, in his own day, the pronunciation of the Hebrew Yeshua had changed because of the translation of the Hebrew scriptures into Greek. Hebrew name Yeshua, actually translated into Greek, becomes Isos. And from there, we go from Isos to translation into Latin, and we get Yesu. And then from Yesu into English, we get Jesus. So that's how we get from Joshua, Yeshua to Jesus. Now, typically, when a, a husband and a wife have a baby, they have the great privilege of coming up with a name for their child. It's a pretty big deal when you take into consideration how important a name can be. It's not too important in our society anymore, but in ancient times, a name was very, very important. Recently, I asked Michael and Jake if they had chosen a name for my granddaughter, a baptismal name for my granddaughter Elsa, and they gave me the greatest honor I could have ever asked for and said, well, Dad, we want you to choose her name. In the case of Mary naming her baby, things went a little differently than usual. And as far as I'm aware, this is the only known case in all of history where the baby named himself. It's kind of cute, isn't it? (laughs) You know, there he is before everything took place. Gabriel, come here for a minute. I want you to go down there, and when you announce my birth to Mary, make sure she understands I want to be named Jesus. And then, so all his bases are covered, he says, then I want you to go to Joseph and make it explicitly clear to him that I want to be called Jesus. (laughs) And so we read, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and said, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 
He wanted his human name to be Jesus, the Savior, the Deliverer, the Redeemer. He is the one who has saved us from our sins, which means, in metaphysical terms, he has rescued us from our descent into the abyss of nothingness. The one who gave us life and existence in the first place. He came down and he rescued us from nothingness. He went into hell. He went into nothingness. And he destroyed it by filling it with his life and his light. He rescued us from annihilation. He recreated us to be immortal. And that's what his name reveals. And that's the name he chose for himself. We read in the New Testament again and again about the power and the glory and the sweetness of his name. It is in his name that the Gentiles shall hope. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that the apostles baptized and healed and cast out demons and preached and anointed. It is by the name of Jesus that signs and wonders were seen. The apostle Peter, after healing the man in the temple, said to the Jewish rulers, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. What is in a name? What is in a name? Well, according to God's economy, a lot. One of the first things Adam did as God's vice regent in the earth was to name the animals and thereby to reveal their inner nature, manifest through their name, the essence of their very being. When God called someone to a special calling, he often would rename them that through the name that he gave them, the essence of their future perfection was made known and manifest. Abram became Abraham, Sarai became Sarah, Jacob became Israel, Simon became Peter, Saul became Paul. We read in the Old Testament where Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Translated, in our scriptures as, I am he who is, or I am who I am. I am he who exists. That was the name. The name of God was considered so holy by the Jews that they wouldn't even say it for fear that they would commit blasphemy against his holy name. The name was only pronounced out loud once a year on the day of atonement by the high priest in the temple. Well, after the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D., was not pronounced. It was lost. The pronunciation was lost. The very name of God revealed to Moses, shrouded in mystery and hidden, even lost from mankind. And yet the scriptures declare that his name is everlasting, his name is holy, his name is worshipped, it is for the salvation of all people. His name is unknown. Mankind doesn't even know how to call upon his name. This God shrouded in mystery. We know now, in the light of the Savior, we know now that this manifestation of God in the burning bush, this revelation of God's name to Moses, this was a revelation of the pre-incarnate Christ, the Logos himself. 
This is the very same person who appears to Abraham under the oaks. It is the same person who wrestles with Jacob. It is the same person that Isaiah sees high and lifted up on the throne. It is the Christ who is to come. In the Old Covenant, God was shrouded in mystery. He was far off. But now, He has stepped out of the darkness of His eternal abode. He has stepped into our very flesh. And now, we can call Him by His name. You shall call His name Jesus, the angel said, And the child was called Jesus. And it is by calling upon his name that we are saved. The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This holy and precious name. Our Savior, Jesus, He became poor that we might be made rich. This name, which is so precious to us, it has been degraded, spit upon, mocked, drugged through the streets. It is still in this very day maligned and cursed and scorned and abused. Even Christians dare to utter that holy name in anger as a curse. We should be ashamed. Despite all this ugliness, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven and those on earth and those beneath the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Spirit helps us to pray. Christ sends the Spirit. The Spirit of Christ reveals and manifests Jesus in us. The Spirit prays within us. He gives us the words. The Logos is breathed by the Spirit within us to help us articulate our worship and our need for God. But of all the words we might use, there is no prayer so precious, so holy, so treasured as the prayer of the holy name of Jesus. I say His name, I don't know how many hundreds of times, Every day. Every day. Never in a curse. Never in anger. It's unthinkable to me. It's unthinkable. His name is precious and sweet and holy and strikes fear and tenderness in the heart. You know, the monk is sitting up in his cell on Mount Athos right now saying, Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. There's also some old Pentecostal woman sitting at her kitchen table in West Virginia cabin right now saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That name takes away sadness. It gives us hope. It heals our broken heart. It unites us to God when we've strayed and sinned, when we're in despair. It is the name of Jesus that rekindles within us the love of God. It wakes us out of sloth. And hardness of heart. It renews us and gives us the tears of repentance. It is the name of Jesus which fills us with confidence and courage. When we are in danger. It helps us. And gives us safety and peace. When we are tossed by doubts. It is his name that is an anchor. That helps us to overcome an adversity. Gives us hope for deliverance. 
When the passions are overwhelming us, anger or lust or envy, it is his name, the name Jesus, which will overpower them all and deliver us. When we have his holy name in our heart, we are united to him, to Jesus who saves us from our sins, who brings us to the joys and delights of the kingdom of heaven. May this holy name, Jesus Christ, our Savior, always be upon our lips and in our heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.